0: upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater. And today, we are going to be keeping it real and raw and flowy because I have been getting a few requests lately to share a little bit more about myself on the podcast, specifically in relation to my own fitness journey, my own journey with body image and struggling with binge eating, transitioning from a competitive athlete into someone who felt like they had no identity, finding bodybuilding and all the ups and downs of competing, where I am today, how I got to where I am today, what my future goals are, and all the craziness that is my life and has been my life. So that is what we are going to dive into. Now, before we get into it, if you've been listening since the beginning, you'll probably know episodes 1 through 5 of the podcast do kind of really cover how I got started in fitness and it's a little more specific when it comes to certain pivotal events in my life. So if you do want more specifics, I recommend checking out episodes 1 through 5. Um but today I'm just going to kind of walk you guys through the timeline and the the emotions and everything that came along with that, right? So most of you guys know I grew up as a competitive athlete. I was a competitive swimmer for many, many years. And when I was younger, a kid, a teenager, I was way more intense than I am now. Those of you who are in my program, you know I'm like, I would say my personality is very intense. I'm I'm a very funny person. I'm going to do a comedy podcast one day. I'm definitely doing it. Um, But I'm not bubbly, I'm not outgoing. <laughs> I'm very intense is the best way to describe it. And as a teenager, I was worse. Like I was crazy OCD. So I like I don't even know how I did it sometimes when I was swimming. I was very good, but don't get me wrong, I was not world class by any means. But I would push my body, push my limits so hard. <laughs> Um, and when I stopped swimming, so basically when I started college, um, I kind of lost that part of me and it was a big transition going from having something you identify so strongly with, like I am a swimmer. I am whatever it is that you are. And then losing that, you feel like you lost a huge part of your life. Not to mention, um, that was the same around the same time that I had lost my dad. So I felt like two of the biggest parts of my life were just gone. And it was just like this crazy spiral in my brain. And I don't even think now, like I don't think then I knew what I know now. And it's just the fact that I was just functioning on like overdrive. I was not dealing with anything that I should have been dealing with. I was just pushing down all of these emotions and being like, I'm so strong. I'm so tough. Like nothing can hurt me. I got this when really it was the complete opposite. So I've struggled with body image my whole life. It had nothing to do with weight gain particularly. It it definitely did a little bit. But as you guys know, it was a lot to do with the deformity that I was born with that didn't show up until later on in life. Um, so as a teenager, that was really, really tough to deal with. I never told anyone about it. And it just really, really took a toll on my confidence, especially... As a teenager and transitioning into like being a young adult, so I I felt like if I could get into really good shape because I knew that I was a mentally strong person and I knew that I had really great physical capabilities when I set my mind to it, I felt like, well, if I lost a bunch of weight um, and if I got super fit, that I would maybe be confident in my body, which would lead to more success in my life. So when I was in college, I really got into yoga, specifically Bikram yoga. So I don't know if you guys have ever done that before. It's not quite like normal yoga. And in fact, a lot of yogis don't like that type of yoga because it does go against a lot of typical yoga philosophies. Right. So they actually have like competitions in it. And typically yoga is a very like be in your own self type practice. Um, but I did enjoy it. I didn't go too much into the philosophy of it. I just loved it because it was challenging. It was ninety minutes in a very, very hot room. Um, and I just love to push my physical limits. So I did get into doing that, so I was doing yoga. It sounds crazy if you've ever done bikram yoga. it's very taxing. So I was doing that one to two times per day religiously. Two bikram classes is like crazy. Plus, I was going to the gym for this is no joke, about three hours per day. And I was in college, so I was studying, I was working part time and I was not eating because I thought that that's what you do to lose weight. This was the time when the popular body trend was like being as thin as possible. This was the time where the thigh gaps were a thing and that like I wanted that so bad. And I was talking about that recently. Just the fact that, like, I have small hips. I've always had, like, a fairly small lower body until recently because I've been busting my ass. Not recently, the last fucking seven years, really, but I have smaller legs. I have a smaller butt naturally. I have thin hips. Like, I'm not a curvy, curvy person. I do have, like, an hourglassy figure, but I don't have a big lower body genetically. Okay. So for me to get a thigh gap, Not the easiest thing in the world. And that was like something that I was really chasing. I felt like my legs were really fat, which they weren't. Even when I was in school, even elementary school, I remember like sitting on a chair and not wanting my legs to touch the chair and squish out because I thought they looked fat. And I thought people were like gonna see that under my desk, which is totally fucking crazy. I remember wanting to be as light as possible. And I didn't even care how my body looked. I just wanted to hit a number and I wanted to get under 110 pounds. Because um, around that time, I weighed about 114 and I I couldn't seem to get under 110. And that was the number I was chasing. And I was doing like 90 plus minutes of yoga. I was doing three hours in the gym. I was weightlifting and I was doing cardio. And I was extremely active, too active, to be honest. I had no recovery time um, and I wasn't eating. So again, back then, this was about what, 2013? So about 10 years ago, that was kind of like what people did when they wanted to lose weight, it seemed. And I was tracking my calories, but it was funny because I would write down every single thing that I ate, but I didn't know what contained protein. Like I knew a little bit, but I didn't know what contained carbs and fats and how much of that I should be eating. But I would go home and I would write in my little journal every single thing that I ate and I would estimate the calories, like literally guess, literally guess what the calories were for all of those foods. And then I would calculate the total. And the next day I would make sure that I ate less. And so, like, I get the rationale behind what I was doing. And I thought I was doing the right thing, but it's it's it was not the right thing. It was very much the wrong thing. Uh, the 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 basis of what was wrong is guessing the calories in your food. Like that is like the worst advice I could give anyone. So please do not ever do that. Um, You also don't want to aim to eat less every single day of your life. But I mean, I was was a little bit on the right track. (laughs) I was also cutting out my carbs because I heard that you should cut carbs, but I didn't know what carbs were. I didn't know that vegetables were carbs. I didn't know what fruit, that fruit were carbs. I just knew that like pasta was carbs and rice was carbs. So I was still eating a fuckload of fruit. Like I was eating a bowl of fruit a day and that was basically it. Like other than that, I was basically starving myself. (laughs) And so... That's kind of where I was at for about two years because I did go to college for two years. That was kind of the life I was living. And I mean, I guess you could say at least I was very physically active. I definitely wasn't the epitome of health, especially when it came to my mindset and my nutrition. But I did have a very good high cardiovascular level at that point. And I was very flexible, actually. If you scroll way, 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 way back on my Instagram you will see, I think I still have some photos up of when I was super flexible and I could like do these crazy poses where I was like on top of my arms with my legs lifted up over my head, touching the back of my head and all these crazy hardcore poses that I definitely can't do right now, but I hopefully can maybe do again in the future at some point, which I would love to be able to do. So yeah, not many people know that about me. I used to be able to like grab my foot behind my head and like twist it around and do all these crazy poses. And honestly, if you're into flexibility, if you really work on your flexibility, it improves very, very quickly. So flexibility is is a huge part of fitness. And the more flexible you are, the more resilient you're going to be, especially to injuries and things like that too. Mobility, flexibility, really, really important. I'm not going to get into this. This isn't a fitness podcast, but you also can overstretch. So I'm going full coach mode here, but don't overstretch either. I'll do a separate episode on that. Okay, guys. (laughs) So anyways, I then went to university. So I switched over from college. I transferred to SFU. That's where I went to school. And I it was a big change because I'd lived in the Okanagan for my whole life. And then I suddenly moved to like Vancouver area. And there were a couple things I liked, not many. I hated university. I was studying something that I didn't care about. I didn't like it. I literally just did it because I thought I would make good money at it and I thought it would be a good job, which is what society ingrains in us. And I do not support that. I guess I agree that if you are dead set on a certain career that requires a degree like a lawyer or a doctor some type of engineer those types of things like of course you need to have that like university education but I would tell every single fucking teenager do not fucking go to university it's the biggest waste of time the biggest waste of money do not do it I would be so against it because I don't regret going but I really wish I wouldn't have (laughs) I could have used that time and that money for so many better things, honestly. And like, it's cool. I have a degree and I'm proud of myself for it. I'm proud of myself for sticking it out, even though I didn't want to. But I would strongly advocate against university. I didn't learn a fucking thing, to be completely honest. I didn't learn a fucking thing. (laughs) Anyways, so um, when I was in university, I... Thought I was staying fit, but I really wasn't. I went completely off the rails. Like, that was probably my worst mental time of my entire life. My body dysmorphia went crazy because I went from being pretty, like, even though I wasn't healthy, pretty fit. I gained like 15, 20 pounds, which on me is a lot. And it was 15 pounds of pure fucking fat. I was eating at the dining hall every day. I was eating this like fucking peanut butter pudding and like all this shit. I was like, oh, this is so good. I've literally never done this in my life because I've all, I'd always been very, careful of what I ate, even growing up, even though my parents weren't like experts on health and nutrition by any means. I was an athlete and like we ate pretty good. Like we were not an unhealthy family where we educated in nutrition, not overly, but I always ate pretty good as a kid like whole foods, healthy foods with the occasional treat and whatnot thrown in. But When I got to university, I was like, oh my God, I can eat fucking cake all day if I want to. I can eat Nanaimo bars all day if I want to. This is great. I can drink every single day and I can go to parties every single day and no one can tell me, no, this is fantastic. And that's what I did. <laughs> and I would feel so shitty about it and I would feel so shitty about myself and I had no confidence and I hated what I was doing in school and I was so negative all the time and I didn't realize it because that was just the life I was living. I didn't realize how much my mental health was declining. I stopped working out completely. I stopped doing yoga. When I say I stopped working out completely, it wasn't completely because I was in the triathlon club. So I was still helping coach that. And I was doing, I guess we were doing spin. I think it was like twice a week and running twice a week. And then we did like a core workout once a week, I think, and swimming once a week. So for me, that was stopping working out. Okay, you guys are probably like, that wasn't stopping working out. But I used to work out like, Four or five plus hours a day, and it went down to like a couple times a week. So I wasn't like super intense about it, I guess. And I didn't mind doing the triathlon thing, but I was kind of just doing it because I felt like I had to, which no one was making me. But when you're a swimmer, most swimmers can do triathlons because your cardio is just out of this world, and most people can't swim unless you're a swimmer. So if you can like bang out the swimming part of the triathlon, you're pretty much set to go because everyone can ride a bike and run, let's be honest. So that's what I was doing in university, but I was also drinking every single night, like blackout drinking and binge eating and feeling like shit. And then I would go for like crazy long runs, but I didn't have like a consistent workout routine, I guess I should say. That's what I mean when I say like I stopped working out. And it was brutal. And I would just turn to like food and alcohol to try to make myself feel better. And I would, it was, it was like my brain was hardwired for shitty food. Like I would just pack my little fridge in my dorm room full of shitty food. And then when I ate all that shitty food, I would go to the dining hall and I would eat more shitty food. (laughs) And then I would just feel totally crappy about myself mentally and physically. And it got to a point where I just like was disgusted at my body um, for many, many reasons. One, because I was still dealing with like my deformity and the other was because I'd gained 15, 20 pounds and I felt really fucking fat. That's the reality of it. I'm not a super tall person. So gaining 15 to 20 pounds of pure fat. And back then I wasn't super muscular. I wasn't as muscular as I am now. So like it was very noticeable and I felt disgusting in my clothes. I hated looking in the mirror, but I was just in this downward negative spiral and I didn't know how to get out. Again, this was quite a few years ago, so I did not have the knowledge that I had today. And I remember I started going to the university gym and I won a couple of times and I literally was that person who would go work out in the corner, feel totally like shit because I didn't know what I was doing. I would watch other people doing like a chest press and be like, okay, is this how I do it? And then I would try to emulate what they were doing, but I w- they probably weren't even doing it right. And then I would try to do what they were doing, but I wasn't even doing what they were doing right. And they probably weren't even doing it right to begin with. And then I would just like randomly throw shit together for a workout that I had no idea if it was right. And then I would leave and just feel like, wow, what a waste of time that was because now I feel stupid, <laughs> right? that's what I would do. And I did it a couple of times and I just stopped because I was so discouraged. Anyways, I think most of you know the rest of the story, but I ended up moving off campus because living on campus for me just wasn't a good thing. Just the place I was in my life, it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. So I moved out of off campus. I bought an apartment and it was so much better, but I still hated school. I was still very negative and I joined the gym that was across from my apartment and I started get, getting to know some of the trainers that worked there and they were really, really nice. And some of them were competing and I just became like acquaintances with them. They're like, you should come to our bodybuilding show. And I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure. So I went to their bodybuilding show and I totally fell in love with it because um, I saw the figure girls up on stage and they had like these big lats. And I was like, oh my God, someone else has lats like me. And my lats were actually better than all the figure girls because I'm not trying to be full of myself, but my lats are fucking out of this world. Most swimmers have massive lats. Most girls do not have big lats. Most guys do not have big lats. They think they do and they do not because training your lats is actually very, very tricky. But if you're a swimmer, you probably have massive lats. So I was like, man, I could do this. And I got super inspired by how these muscular girls looked so beautiful and so feminine. And I thought like, wow, maybe if I looked like that, I would actually get some confidence in myself. So I really started taking the gym more seriously and I started taking nutrition more seriously and I really started studying it and learning it and reading articles and listening to the the trainers at the gym and trying to learn from them and they all had coaches. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like maybe I should get a coach because these people are all transforming and like I've been busting my ass or feeling like I've been busting my ass for quite a few years in general when it comes to fitness. And like, I don't look anything like these people. So I was super interested in in hiring a coach and getting a trainer and learning how to do things properly. And, and that's, that's what I did. So in 2015, I hired my first ever coach with the intention of competing. So it was 2015. We did like a five-month kind of what would you call it? Not a bulk, but like for about five months, I really focused on building muscle because my coach, when I hired her, she's like, you need to build your legs. Because as I mentioned, I genetically do not have a big lower body. Like I did not have a good ass. My legs were very small, essentially, like they weren't muscularly developed. And my upper body was because of specifically more so because of swimming, but my lower body just genetically wasn't there. Um, and I'd never really trained legs properly in the gym like I never really trained anything properly in the gym but I think my upper body training was a little better than my lower body training like I'd never done a barbell squat I'd never done like a deadlift or even like a proper leg press you know I would do like some bicep curls like some chest press and just like the basic shit for upper body and lower body would more so for me obviously or Prior to this being more cardio based, like I would run on the treadmill or I would do the elliptical or the stair climber. And I would think that's like my leg workout. <laughs> so anyways, hired my coach. At this point, I was really motivated and excited and I felt really happy because I was really falling in love with fitness and I could feel my body changing, Um, especially when I got my nutrition dialed in. However, I was still very, very negative. I was still very, very hard on myself. I was very much a perfectionist still, and I would beat myself up. And I almost got pleasure in beating myself up. Like when I look back to the young Christina, I identified so much with perfectionism. I identified so much as just like someone who had to do everything right. And when I wouldn't or didn't, I would just beat myself up about it. And I almost got pleasure in doing it because I'm like, oh, you deserve this. And it sounds crazy. And I'm sure some of you will relate to that. But I I almost identified with overthinking. And I would spend hours just like circulating these things in my brain because that's who I am. And I overanalyze. And this is what I do. And I'm poor me because of this, and like I did this thing wrong, and now my life sucks. And I hate how shitty everything is and everything's going wrong. And this happened and then this happened. It was just normal for me to like catastrophize everything. And it was very challenging for me to to stop doing that. I will I will get into that journey here in a minute. But, anyways, I started my first prep January of 2016. So right at the beginning of 2016. And I went into it pretty blind. During that whole time, I'd been studying nutrition, I'd been studying fitness, I'd been taking courses in addition to being in university still, talking with my coach and like learning and watching YouTube videos and just like absorbing everything I could because I was like, this is really freaking awesome. Like, I love this stuff. I love learning about my muscles. I love learning about digestion and the foods you eat and how they break down and what you get from them and how you can manipulate things because I just thought it was so cool, especially coming from a swimming background where you bust your ass for years to have like 0.5 of a second come off your time. And I'm like, wow, like, With fitness and with bodybuilding, like you can manipulate these variables and see massive changes relatively quickly. So I remember prepping for my first show and I was very hungry all the time. But I went into that show with a, I like to say I had a strong mind and I feel like I did, but just no self-awareness, no grasp on who I was like no real purpose just like a random fucking 19 year old or whatever a 20 however old I was like just no idea of anything really <laughs> I do think I was I was mentally strong and in, in some ways like when it came to being able to push myself physically and being able to do the prep and stay focused but like I I had so many disasters going on in my life and I was just victimizing myself is, is that the right word anyways so I remember being really hard on myself and like constantly being like, Are you good enough? Like, you're going to get up on stage against all these other girls and you're going to be compared to them. And like, I would search them up on social media and look at them and look at their physique and compare it to my physique. And I would just go crazy, like, wondering if I was good enough. And I was very hard on myself and I talked down to myself. And I constantly was talking to my boyfriend and my coach and being like, I'm not going to hit the right weight. I'm not going to be lean enough. And I just, yeah, just talk down to myself the whole time. And it was it was challenging because I was really, really hungry. And I talked about how I was really hungry. And I talked about how hard it was. And I know now the truth and it is what you focus on is what you get more of. So I do think that I made that prep harder for myself than it had to be. But I truly I truly didn't know any better. I truly thought I was doing the best I could. So, I mean, I I couldn't change anything even if I wanted to because I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the awareness. I didn't have the life experience to be able to go into that with a different mentality. Having said that, I let my body dysmorphia take over even more during that time. I would look in the mirror and physically see a fat person looking back at me. Like an actual... I actually thought I was very fat. And when I got on stage, I weighed 99 pounds and that was after putting on a decent amount of muscle during that first 5 months. So I was very lean and I thought I was fat. I literally remember looking in the mirror and like pulling at my stomach and being like I am so fat right now. And I saw it. I actually saw it. That's the crazy thing. And I took a picture that day. I still have that picture and I think it is still on my Instagram. I might have archived it. But there's a picture of me standing there shredded as fuck in a mirror taking a selfie. And I looked at that picture and I was like, "This is disgusting. I cannot get on stage in like three weeks or whatever how many weeks out I was. And I was lean aside. like in that picture, I was probably 105 pounds, and it just blows my mind how the way we think about ourselves like affects how we see ourselves. it It's so true because other people would look at me and be like, "You are fucking shredded and or they'd be like, "Wow, you need to eat." real food. You need to eat a burger. And the whole fitness shaming thing is going to be a whole another episode. But one thing I can say is when you start a fitness journey, no matter how successful you are, no matter how many ups you have, no matter how many downs you have, you're going to get hate. People are not going to like it. People are going to be jealous. And even if they say they're not jealous, they're going to judge you and they're going to talk shit to you and they're going to talk shit about you most of the time because... They are they feel like shit because they can't do what you're doing. But the reality is, as soon as you decide to make healthy changes for yourself, which is crazy, you're going to get hate for it. So buckle in. <laughs> Anyways, I competed. I placed second in my class, which I was really proud of for my first ever show. And I was like, okay, I got to do this again. And and um, even though I was in a very bad place with my body, like in relation to how I felt about my body... I was in a good place with my training and with my nutrition. So I kept kind of gearing a lot of my energy towards that. And I ended up shortly after that moving to Fort Mac. So I think a lot of you guys have heard this story on in the first couple episodes, but um, I did move to Fort Mac in 2016 right after the fires in Fort Mac. So I never lived here before that. I moved to Fort Mac before ever even coming here. Never been here in my life. Planned on being here for a couple of weeks. I've been here for fucking seven years now. Or is it seven years? 2016? Yeah, it's gonna be seven years. <laughs> That's crazy. I love I love it here, but I also am getting tired of it. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. I do love Fort Mac. I hate it when people hate on Fort Mac because it is a it's it has a bad reputation, but it's an awesome fucking place. Um, it's just that lately, like I have been here for seven years and I haven't left a lot. And after COVID, when I didn't leave for like two years, it just I just have a definite desire to leave here a lot more frequently. But. Anyways, moved to Fort Mac and when I moved to Fort Mac was when I really dove into like, I don't want to say dove into, that's not the right word because that's not, that didn't happen yet. I really found more self-awareness, okay? That was when I was like, whoa, like the person that I left behind in BC is never the person that I want to be again. And I built a good foundation for myself in some aspects, but the mental component of how negative I was, how much I hated myself, how much I hated my body, how I didn't realize that I would just play the victim all the time. I would talk shit about people for no reason. And I would talk shit about myself for no reason. And just everything was negative just because it's how it was. Like I would meet someone and then I would be like, oh, I don't like that person because blah, 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 blah. When really what I was saying was, oh, I met a person and I fucking hate myself and I hate this about myself and I hate that about myself and I would portray it onto other people because of how I felt about me and that's really the truth. I was hurting so much inside for so many reasons that I just pretended it was other people and other things and all this poor these things happening to me, poor me, when I didn't have the awareness to realize it was myself that I was upset with and myself that I needed to to heal. So... I moved to Fort Mac. I finished. So I was done all of my like main courses, I guess you could say for like econ and political science. That's what I was studying and I hated it. So when I moved to Fort Mac, I only had electives left for university. So I finished it online and I did like all health and kinesiology and classes like that, that I was interested in when it comes to like health and fitness. <laughs> um, so that was much better, but I still hated school not going to lie, even though I was very good in school. I was, but I, I didn't like it. And when I moved up, I stopped drinking. I did drink, even I didn't drink during my preps, but even when I was competing in like the off season, like I would still party, um, I would still drink, and make stupid choices. So when I moved up to Fort Mac, I stopped drinking, and I had I did end up working at where was it at Atco, and like I really liked that job. That was the only job I've ever had in my life that I actually liked. <laughs> they were great people. So if you ever live in Fort Mac, and you're applying for a job at Atco Gas, you should take it because they're fucking great people. But when I worked on site in 2017, that was my first time working on site. First time doing the shift work life. It was fucking awful. <laughs> I did it. I was working six and one. It was for like a shutdown. It was brutal. And I, I feel you guys who, who do that regularly. That was when I really got into like personal development and actually taking steps to change my life and implementing things into my life and pushing myself. And I did feel imposter syndrome a lot. I felt like this is, I'm, this is bullshit. Like, I can't do this. I'm being fake. I'm faking myself. Like, this is never going to change me. I felt like that, but I just stuck with it. Because what was the alternative? Living a horrible life where I talked about shitty things all the time and felt like shit all the time and was never happy with anything and never grateful for anything and just focused on the bad things. That was my alternative. I was like, just do it. Just make yourself do it. Um, I really got into podcasts. I really started researching, again, like just more, just everything that I loved, which was fitness and mental health and body dysmorphia and body image and mindset and mental strength and all of that. And I was also prepping for my second show. So I did have a really good attitude going into my second show, which I competed in 2017. But my body dysmorphia was still really, really bad. I really, really hated my body. It was a brutal prep. It was not like my first one. My first one wasn't too bad despite being very hungry all the time. My second one, like my body was not dropping weight. I was doing a fuckload of cardio. I was eating way less than I was on my first prep. Um, My first prep, I was hungrier, but my second one, I was eating literally like cod, oil, asparagus. And like, that's it. <laughs> like, that's literally it. And it was brutal. My relationship was horrible. Horrible. I was having like massive breakdowns. It was like, it was challenging. And I was trying to work on myself, man. And this was like when I had the awareness that like, I'm not okay. And then it was, yeah, it was brutal. Um. So anyways, I did compete. It didn't go the way I wanted it to, but I left with like a good... Mindset. And that's when I really got into working on my own body myself. I did like a whole new program for myself and I just like got right back into it. I didn't have a bad rebound. I didn't have a bad rebound after my first show either, to be completely honest. Like I did not, even though I struggled with binge eating at the time, I didn't binge eat after my show. I didn't gain back a lot of weight after either of my shows at all. Like I eased myself back into normal eating very, very well. I'd followed a proper reverse diet both times. I did struggle with binge eating after the fact. And I think like when you compete, I'm going off track a little bit, but you really see what you're capable of, right? And you're so dialed in, but like you will have never seen that part of you before. Does that make sense? Because like it, it gets dark when you're competing. Don't get me wrong. There's ups and downs and there's like awesome moments for sure. And like seeing your body change and feeling your body change on the daily is the, like a crazy cool feeling. It is. Um, like feeling that tight feeling of your body, like, oh, I love it. But (laughs) there's darkness, man. Like when it's just you and you're starving and you're not eating enough and you're pushing yourself and like your hormones are a little fucked up and it's like you're doing all this cardio, like it can get really dark really quickly. But you learn so much about yourself in those moments because it's just you. It's just you. So I think... When you go through something like that, you really see who you are and what you're capable of, but you can never go back. You can never go back after that. So I feel like the reason so many competitors have body dysmorphia and end up with eating disorders is because they're always like chasing that elite physique and that elite lifestyle. And like the reality is your body can't maintain that long term. It can't. You will. It'll shut down. And that's why we have like prep and then off-season and all of that. But you always remember how lean you were and how dialed in you were. And it's like you always feel like you should be living up to that. You always feel like you should be doing that again. And it's the same thing after you compete. You almost feel like you lose that part of your identity. Just like when you stop doing like a sport or you even, let's say you switch jobs. It's like that was a part of you and now it's gone. And now who are you? Right? So. I think that's a big part of it is like we just always remember how dialed in we were and we never feel like we're good enough unless we're that dialed in. So regardless, anyways, did my second show. I left it in a decently good mindset even though I wasn't happy with the physical outcome or my placing. Um, I should have done the provincials um, the year that I, I won the, the... Or not one, got second. I should have gone directly to the BC Cup. I didn't. I took a year off and it was just... I shouldn't have because I was not... Like it just I shouldn't have. <laughs> but anyways, so this was right around the time I had gotten my I just got my personal training certification. I'd also just had my breast augmentation, which was a big deal to me. So if you listen back to my couple first couple podcasts, I think it's episode four and five, I go in depth onto that. That was a big deal for me. I'd been going through a lot mentally with that more so. it wasn't just a normal breast augmentation. it was complete reconstructive surgery. And my relationship was not very good at that point. I was feeling horrible completely. And right after I had my surgery, there was a situation that occurred in my relationship and I should have left it then and there for the sake of both of us. It was beyond repair at that point. And it was unfair of me to continue it because I was completely checked out, but he was checked out from the fucking get-go. So whatever. (laughs) I shouldn't say whatever, but... (laughs) Anyways, it was just a situation that you would never do that to someone that you care about. And it was a massive indicator that that relationship needed to end. Regardless, I was still really, really struggling with body dysmorphia after my surgery. I was really struggling with coming to terms with who I was after my surgery. Because again, it wasn't just a boob job. It was a crazy, intense, reconstructive boob job and again like anyone who has done a crazy any type of physical transformation whether it was surgical or natural or just a fitness transformation like you still see yourself as that old version of you physically and mentally but like when you transform your body especially in a in a relatively fast way and when i say fast i mean even in 2 years when you've lived and looked a certain way for your whole life and then it switches it's a mind fuck and it's it's challenging to deal with it and if you haven't experienced it you won't understand you will not understand and i had lived my life up until 2018 with deformed boobs like i had and when i had that surgery it i was i looked like a different person and it was i still to this day like i struggle with it and i still sometimes see myself that old way and it's just it takes a very long time and a lot of mental work to match your identity with the physical. So, anyways, after that, I had, you guys probably know this part of the story. I left site, I'd gotten my personal training certification. I was training people in person at a gym, and I really just like fell in love with it. I'd already, I was already in love with fitness. I mean, I was already working a lot on the personal development side. And then I just like got to combine that with relationships. And that was amazing for me, like meeting people that I would have never otherwise met through fitness and sharing my knowledge with them sharing my experience with them and learning from them like that the those clients like they know who they are the clients that I worked with at that gym in 2018 like if I don't know if any of them listen to this cuz I I don't talk to some of them now but some of them I still talk to cuz I built such a strong relationship with them and like they'll know who they are they're fucking like I love them I still love them even though some of them we don't talk much anymore but that really allowed me to Realized that I had found my purpose. Like, that's what I love to do. And I think that the fact that I had so much pain from my body dysmorphia and so much pain from just loss and just like allowing that to, I guess, fuel my passion because I never wanted other people to feel like how I felt. And I thought if I could give them that escape through fitness and teach them how to transform their bodies because I know how fucking horrible it is to hate your body. It is the worst. And if you've never hated your body, I am so fucking happy for you. I am so happy for you because it's one of the worst feelings in the world. And so just like during that time, I was helping other people build their physiques. I was really healing my own shit. I was diving into my own binge eating, my own body dysmorphia, and really like the rest of dozen 18, 19, even all of 2019, I really, really worked on myself and figuring out who I wanted to be, how I wanted to help people, and there was definitely, definitely ups and downs in my life. But when it came to my fitness and like my profession and being a coach, like it was a really great couple of years in terms of like a transition period where I got to know people and I got to know people's struggles and I got to know myself a lot better. Right at the end of 2019, I decided to do an aggressive cut just because I wanted to challenge myself. And I felt like I was finally in a way healthier place mentally. Um, I wasn't binge eating almost at all. And um, I I felt a lot better about my body. I wasn't cured, (laughs) but I felt a lot better about it. And I don't think I did talk about this in the podcasts at the beginning, but I ended up going back site. So, I left my site job. I went full into personal training. And then I actually ended up going back to site for a year and a half ish. And while I was doing that, I was still personal training and I was still doing a little bit of online stuff. No, I didn't have like an online business like I do now, but I was still doing like a, a few online clients. So, it was crazy. I was in this really aggressive cut, very low calories. I did it in a healthy way, but it was still brutal on my body. It was basically a competition prep. I did it for 14 weeks and I was working on site. So I'd wake up at 3... No, my bus left at 3.50. So I would wake up at like 3.20am, get dressed, drive to where my bus picked me up, get on the bus, an hour and whatever bus ride to site, work for 12 hours, come back, go straight to the gym, come home, eat my food, prep my food for the next day, work on my client programming, my client nutrition plans, meal plans, check in with my clients shower if I have had fucking time, go to bed. And I don't like sleeping. I would go to bed at like 12. If I was lucky, I would wake up again the next day at like 320. And I would repeat that. And then on the weekend, so I worked four and three, which isn't a bad shift. People be like, oh, I love your shift. I work seven and seven. Fuck my life. It's so hard. I work on site. It's so hard. And I'm like, I work 24 fucking hours a day, seven days a week, because as soon as I'm done my shift on fucking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I work all day at the fucking gym. And then I go to the gym and I train and then I come home and then I work on my client nutrition plans. I work on my client training plans. I have clients come to my house so I can take their pictures, measure them, do their check-in because I used to do in-person check-ins. And again, no sleep. I was functioning on, I don't know, two to three hours of sleep every single night, running myself down really, really hard, which was not smart. But ended up getting pretty fucking shredded. I was really happy with my results. I felt good in my body. That was the first time I did actually, actually, actually feel good in my body probably ever was when I did that photo shoot in 2019. And then COVID hit and I got laid off and everything changed. (laughs) And it was like the best and worst of times because I was like, what in the fuck? And I was freaked out like everyone was. And then right when COVID hit, I actually met my boyfriend and shortly after that, because I realized I probably wasn't getting my job back, I transitioned to running my business online. And he was super, super supportive of me because he basically just like randomly fucking met me. And I was like, yeah, I just got laid off. And now I'm going to start an online fitness company. He was probably like, what the fuck did I get into? <laughs> but I told him, I'm like, I'm going to be super successful. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And he he says he believed me, but like, I know he didn't. I know he didn't. And it's so funny because I actually remember in like... 2021. I think I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. He was like, Are you fucking crazy? And I'm like, Yeah, it's gonna be like the number one podcast in the world. (laughs) He's like, He's like, you do. He's like, no, it's not. Like you do too much already. Don't fucking start a podcast. And now I'm like, "Mm, there we go. I'm getting there. I'm already number 33 in Canada. I am a little cocky, but like I talked about in the other episode with Brittany, like you have to be a little cocky in life if you want to do well. It's not because I'm trying to make anyone else feel bad. It's because I like to serve people. I love to share knowledge. I love to fucking help my clients. And if I don't believe that I'm capable of it, I'm not going to serve to my full capacity. And honestly, I used to lack confidence so fucking much that like, I'm really happy that I am confident in myself now. So anyways, around that time, like when I went full into my online business, was also when I really started being myself online and like kind of creating that social media persona. And I shouldn't say persona because it's it was really the me, the real me (laughs) Uh, before I was on social media. I've always been kind of like a big fan of social media, but I wasn't really being authentic. I was kind of just posting like what I thought people wanted to hear. And I was being really careful with what I said because I didn't want to offend anyone. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I want to be myself. I want to attract people who who vibe with me. And everything switched for me and for my company when I did that because some people will fuck with you and some people won't. And if you're not your authentic self, you don't know who the people are who don't fuck with you. And you end up attracting people in your life who you don't really like and they don't really like you. So that's why you've got to be you. You can't be me, you can't be someone else. Don't compare yourself, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Worry about what, what you were doing and who you are. So, 2020 and 2021 for me it was really like building my team and um, working on my delivery of my program for my clients at Hunt and Conquer because I wanted it to be the best. I wanted it to be phenomenal. I wanted my clients to get the best possible results. And I wanted to have the infrastructure in place to be able to support that and to be able to support a growing business. And a lot of people ask me, like, why is it so important to you? Why, like, because I know a lot of trainers who are really great trainers, and no offense to them, but they don't have the company that I have. And they're like, why do you do it? And it's because I never want someone to go through life hating their body. I never want that for anyone. And like, even if I even if someone never works with me as a client, but like they just absorb my my podcast or my content or a fucking reel on my Instagram page, like. If I can say one thing that's going to help someone, like to me, that is what fuels me. That's why I keep building my business. That's why I keep scaling. That's why I keep trying to reach more people and help more people because it is, it's so true from my heart when I say, like, I have hated myself so much and I don't wish that upon anyone. And I want my clients to leave the program feeling empowered. I don't actually, I don't want them to leave the program. Like, I want them to stay with us because it is such a supportive community and because we do appreciate them and we do believe in them and unfortunately not many people have a support system in their life where they bring you bring someone a goal and the person doesn't go oh yeah like as if that could happen like that's what most people do and most people don't have that support system that's going to go fucking right like this is a massive goal let's get to work how can we make this happen right and just like i It was such a change when I started attracting my clients who vibed with me. And I love them so much because I think it's also because they love me. Because they got a taste of the real me, of the raw me. Uh, Instead of just jumping into joining a fitness program with a coach that they don't know anything about. They don't know who they are. They don't know their background. They don't know if they like their humor, if they like their personality, if they've ever had a struggle or what they've struggled with. So yeah, 2020 and 2021 was really growing my team and my delivery and my clientele and delivering a fantastic service. And in a personal sense, it was really growing, growing literally my legs, training my fucking ass off in the gym, basically being in a bulk for two fucking years then working on my relationship with my partner, who's also the fucking shit. But then 2021 took a massive turn when I got hurt. So it was a silly fucking injury. I literally fell. I will... Not go into all the details because it'll probably bore you guys, but essentially I severely injured my rib cage and the surrounding muscles and surrounding tissues. And I say it was a back injury because essentially the pain was like in my back, but it really was a rib cage injury. It was fucking brutal. Um, it was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. So basically I got hurt. It wasn't that bad at first, but I knew I'd hurt myself. I fell and I felt everything in my body basically slam into my spine and then back out. And when I say everything, it was like my rib cage and like all of my organs and muscles and tissues felt like they slammed into my spine. And then back, my spine ended up not being injured. It was nothing to do with disc or spine or anything. But it it felt like I broke my scapula, like I broke my shoulder blade bone in half. That's what it felt like. And I swear to God, that's what happened. Like apparently it wasn't, but like that's what it feels like. And it wasn't that bad at first. And it progressively got worse and worse and worse. And then one day, one night, I was actually training. I was training a client. This is when I was still doing more one-on-one coaching in my um, studio. And I was like, I literally was like in so much pain. And I came in for that session and Brendan was home and he was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm in so much fucking pain. And he's like, you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. He's like, I'm going to work for night shift. Like, I don't know if I want to leave you. And I'm like, no, I'll be good. I'll be good. And I remember like waking up the next morning, just as he got home and like, I was crying. I couldn't, I was like crumpled over in excruciating pain. The worst pain I have ever felt by so much. It was a fucking 8 million out of 10 pain. I couldn't take a breath. I couldn't even cry properly because it hurt so fucking bad. It took me about 30 minutes to get down the stairs, went to the hospital, got x rays as a doctor. It was like, you have a fucking knot in your back, fucking idiot. Went home. I had a bunch of painkillers, muscle relaxants, literally nothing fucking helped excruciating pain for about two weeks. I ended up going to another doctor, was like, oh yeah, you tore a fucking muscle. Don't do anything for fucking eight weeks. Fucking listen to him. Shouldn't have. Um, Shout out to Ashley at Excel because he's the only one that was able to fucking help me. Anyways, I had to take about four months completely off of working out. I couldn't even move, let alone work out. Like I literally couldn't move. Sitting hurt, laying hurt, walking hurt, standing hurt, everything hurt. And it stripped the fucking enjoyment out of my life. Every day was shit. (laughs) And I had to work so hard to not fall into a complete spiral. And I could see my physique starting to decline. I did gain a little bit of fat. It wasn't too bad. I stayed really focused. And how I did that was through my clients and supporting them and letting them inspire me and um, being open about it as well as keeping my nutrition on track because it's really easy when you're not training to just be like, oh, fuck nutrition too, because I can't work out. And you can't do that. And I didn't. I'm really proud of myself for keeping my nutrition dialed in and keeping my mindset in it. Like I had to work on it. I had to journal. I had to meditate. I had to do my morning routine. I had to do affirmations. I had to stay focused. And I also had a lot of things blow up in my business during this time And it was a lot of stress. It was definitely the most stress I've ever had. There was some personal issues going on in my family. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I didn't have the gym as my escape. I didn't have the gym to go and just zone out and train because I couldn't move. And not only could I not move, I was in fucking agony every day, every single day. So it took me about four months to be able to move. After that, it took me about three months to ease back into training properly. And I did get into it quite well. Like it didn't take me too long once I could move to like get back into doing exercises. Like the biggest difference I guess was I I did a lot of things like barbell squats and walking lunges and um, like even overhead presses and like I couldn't do any exercises that required trunk stability. So I had to do a lot more machines, which is fine. Like I love machines, but it was just a big change in how I could actually train because like I couldn't do a deadlift, for example. So I would have to do like hamstring curls. I couldn't do a squat. So I would have to do um like leg extensions and leg curls. And eventually I was able to do a lot more movements, but it, it took a lot of time. And it wasn't just the physical component, it was the mental component and the fear of re-injury. Even though I didn't injure myself in the gym, I was still terrified of re-injury. I was terrified of any exercise that that I felt pain in my rib cage or my back, and that was like all of them. So it was like this big shift from me feeling basically like my body was indestructible to me feeling like holy shit, am I am I even going to be able to do a squat let alone add weight. <laughs> it really really took a toll on me. So that was I hurt myself in April of 2021 and then took about four months off, about three months to get back into it. and then as I got back into it, I ended up having a surgery in December of 2021 and I had to take another four weeks off training. so it was it was a brutal year. But the thing is, like training is super important, but it's a lot harder to lose muscle than you'll than you think um as long as you're still moving. I definitely did lose a little bit of muscle the first time after my injury because I, I couldn't move. <laughs> But again, like if you are someone who had to take time off due to an injury or a surgery or a sickness, like as long as you are still fueling your body with good food and you are still moving, like it's, it's a lot harder to lose muscle than, than people think it is. So now 2022 was for me really about like getting my health back, getting my strength back. Really pouring a lot of love and support into my clients and into my team as well. Like mentoring my team, I love my team. By the way, so you guys know Brittany, she's on the podcast a lot. She's fucking fantastic. Uh, My sister and Mila are the assistant coaches at Cut and Conquer. Super, super fantastic. Honestly, love them. And I, not a lot of people know about this person, but. I have an assistant named Ella and she is the fucking shit. She really, really is. So major shout out to her. <laughs> so yeah, love my team. Yeah, 2022, again, like was just so awesome when it came to being able to get my health back, get my strength back, get back into it, focus on growing my legs because even though I talked a lot about body dysmorphia in relation to like my body and how I saw myself, I do have body dysmorphia when it comes to my legs because I've always had small legs. And now I actually have like moderately large legs <laughs> and they they still sometimes look small to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm always working on growing the legs. But now as we step into 2023, I feel like I'm ready to unleash. I feel like I am in a good place with my body. Is it perfect? No. But the fact that I understand that and I'm okay with it, I think is a big step for me. And my nutrition, I feel like I'm in a great place with that. I haven't binge ate in a very long time and I do still get the tendencies. I do still get the urges, but I have a lot of of strategies to, to deal with that. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm ready to be shredded again. I'm planning on competing in 2023. I'm ready to feel the hunger, the, the metaphorical hunger and the, the real hunger. I'm ready for the pressure. Like I really feel like I'm in a place where I am fully ready to push myself and grow across the board. And if it wasn't for all of the ups and downs of my life and my journey, like I, I definitely wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have the confidence to fucking have a podcast. I wouldn't have the confidence to even share any of this with you guys. Um, but I'm super pumped for this next year. I have a client who's going to be prepping with me. I'm going to be prepping her for a show. And like the our shred program, Cut and Conquer Shred program is launching in January. And I'm just excited to be like living it with our clients because I have one client who's competing for sure. Another one who's like on the fence. And then Shred is like, it's kind of like a mini competition prep. Not going to lie. It's not as intense, but it's like... A massive body transformation program where we basically cut fat as quickly but sustainably as possible, maintain your lean body mass, and then do a reverse diet after. And I'm excited to be like in that with my clients because last year I wasn't in it. Like I was doing basically like a bulk while my clients were most of them were doing this aggressive cut, and I just feel so much more aligned in my business and in my company and with my clients when I'm living the experience with them, even if it's not the exact same thing. I just I love being in that in that situation and in the same circumstances, so that I really can relate and resonate and speak to the the struggles from a, a really good place within me. So that is it for today's episode. I really appreciate you guys tuning in for this one. And if you got some value, make sure you comment, rate, review the podcast, take a screenshot, share it to our Instagram story. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys who tune in.